Welcome to the Real Life is Mind-Blowing podcast, where two friends will chat, laugh, and maybe even cry as we discuss documentaries we've watched. Today, we'll be talking about Casey Anthony, an American murder mystery, a documentary you can watch on Discovery+. Plus. So come hang out with us and have your mind blown as we talk about the disappearance of Kaylee Anthony and the verdict that shook the world. Don't forget to subscribe and check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash real life is mind blowing, where you can download ad free episodes and get exclusive content. And let's roll right into the quick one minute Summary. Recap summary, right? All right. Yep. So Kaylee Anthony, Florida toddler, is two and a half years old. She goes missing, and her mother, Casey Anthony, does not report her missing for 31 days. This documentary is one of many that has been released about Casey and Kaylee Anthony and the trial with literally the verdict that shook us all. I this is this is so shocking to me. And again, I'll say I must have been living under a rock between 2008 and 2011 because I was aware that there was a toddler missing in Florida and I heard a little bit about the case, but this is another one where I was like I really don't know much about this. And then right. I watched the documentary and it it was shocking, truly right. shocking. It I mean, and so I feel like I was living under a rock during those years too, but I lived in Florida. Um, I lived in Kissimmee, which I don't know if you heard, like Kissimmee is where um, the alleged nanny lived. Oh, that's right. Okay. So it was, so it was real. I mean, it was right there. Yeah. So it was right there. Right. So. The documentary obviously starts off giving us a little bit of the background, right? About how Casey and her family, you know, are your typical American family. And that's always the deal, right? Oh, this family was your average American family. You know, I guess you would have to, never expected it. Yes. Trying to make you feel like, hey, this is going to happen in your house too. You know, like, but I mean, it, I guess it's just, you know, it's more shocking if it's your average American family, right? Well, obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Makes it makes it makes it a little bit more dramatic, right? Um, but, but it does seem like she had a very good relationship with her parents. Yeah. Like nothing so, nothing stood out as a red flag for for any of them. Right. Well, I mean, because the mom, you know, uh, Cindy talks about how her and Casey had a great relationship with her. You know, she she even says she was my best friend. We would go shopping. We would do all this stuff. And, you know, what gets me is the fact that she comes up pregnant. Right. And she tells a friend that she wants to put the baby up for adoption. But she goes and tells, you know, her mom that she's pregnant. And Cindy says she came in, you know, looking like she thought that she would that Cindy, her mom was going to be really upset and mad at her. And, you know, and Cindy's like, I basically told her, no, you know, like, I'm going to be a grandma, you know, I mean, and it's like, I feel like the difference between a 19 year old having a baby and a 15 year old having a baby are two, you know, completely different. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I mean, I was, I got married when I was 19. Did you really? I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So it's like, at that point, it's like, I mean, I can understand why she wasn't like insanely upset, you know, like this is, 
But they offered to help raise the baby. Right. They're, you know, like just, they were not at all upset about the pregnancy. No. She said yeah. she was excited. She even talked about when Kaylee was born, that she was like, I felt selfish. I was the first one to hold her. But she said she reminded me of Casey. You know, like it's it's one of those, I guess. She seemed older. like a really sweet grandma. Yes. Like, she yeah. loved that baby, you know, and she loved her daughter, loves her daughter, right? Obviously, uh-huh. probably too much. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but all that to say, it was a good relationship. At, yes. It was a good life at home. It was your It certainly American. seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I never, even throughout like all of the media coverage and everything at the time, until the trial, which we'll get to later, there was never any like drama that I felt they could even find right. w- surrounding that family. Right. Right. So you want, I mean. Okay. So as someone who really didn't know much about it, I mean, I get, I just, your two-year-old is missing. So you and I have talked about this multiple times mm-hmm. and, and I'll tell the story real quick. All of 30 seconds before I was screaming his Full name freak out mode. and frantically running around our property. Now, within less than three minutes, I found him and he was hiding and he thought it was hilarious. Oh, right. He was playing hide and seek with Yes. He thought it would be funny to hide from me in the yard, but he was four or five years old and I was in full bo- blown panic mode in under five minutes. Right. 31 days. Two years old. I'll say that. A lot of times. I mean, I feel like we're going to, yeah, I feel like every podcast has kind of something that we just latch onto and repeat over and over and over. over. 31 days. Yeah. 31 days. So Casey um, on June 15th gets into an argument with Cindy and George. Her parents. Yes. They, she ends up leaving and she takes the family car. Like, and, and it's, it's not like the family car that Cindy or George needed. It's one of those that's there and everybody can An drive extra, it whenever. Right. Yeah. Right. So she takes it and is gone. Then Cindy and George find out the car has been impounded. Right. And this is when they go get the car. Right. And this is where it gets like, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> because holy they go, shit. Yeah. Because they go get the car and when they're at the impound lot, Cindy calls 911 and says, um, and I'm, you know, it's going to be a little she bit was off, but says frantic. frantically, yes, frantic. Screaming, we found my daughter's car and it smells like there's a dead, like there's been a dead body in there. You need to get somebody out here right away. Yeah. It smells yeah. like there's been a dead body in this car. Yeah. It's sm- here, here we go. Quote, it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. All right. So that phone call is there, right? And But there's also another phone call where Cindy calls 911. This is after all of this. To have Casey arrested because now she's claiming she stole the family car. Oh, that's right. Right? right. Yeah, the police are like... You want to arrest your daughter for stealing the family car? Like, right. that's, it not, was just, that's not a normal call that you right. would make to the police. And so she tells them, yes, please, I'd like to speak to an officer. Can you send one out? So 
they send an officer out and that officer speaks in this documentary. And, oh, and, and let me backtrack here real quick. The documentary has Cindy and George, like in an interview, they speak, yep. they speak to them. So, um, anyways, the officer shows up and he said, immediately you could tell that it was just like something, it, it was all crazy. You know, it's like Cindy was frantic, everyone's screaming, Casey's screaming at, you know, Cindy, but he does say that, you know, the most frantic one there was Cindy. Right. Right. And he says, more officers show up, they separate them to get each story, right? Everyone's screaming at the top of their lungs at each other. Now, I don't remember. Is it at this point that they determine the toddler has been missing for yes. 30 days? So okay, yeah. Cindy says, not only did she steal my car, but she doesn't know where my granddaughter is. Yeah. Like that's where they're like, this took a an insane turn, right? And this is where Casey gives the story that she took Kaylee to Zaneda Gonzalez, Zanny the nanny, and um went to go so that she could go to work at Universal Studios as an oh. event coordinator. Right. Okay. Yep. And when she came back to pick her up, no one was there. The apartment was empty. And instead of, you know, freaking out because the apartment's now empty and your kid that you dropped off with the nanny is not there anywhere in sight, you can't get a hold of them. Instead of, you know, doing the normal thing and calling police, police. or even calling your parents immediately to say, I'm freaking, you know, maybe the parents would, they would probably say, okay, we need to call the police. Right. All right. Yeah. So I can understand a phone call to the parents before the police. Maybe I'm not sure, you know, like, cause maybe you start to doubt yourself. Maybe it's like, am I freaking out? You know, am I over, you know, overreacting? Well, she also claims she tried to call the nanny and I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't have there have been phone records if she had actually tried to call the nanny? Right. Like that would be my first right. phone call would, would be to my nanny. It. Like, where are right. you? Right. Where are you at? There's nothing here. Right. right. So that's when she tells them the story. And the officers from there say, okay, take us to that apartment. Well, they had no reason to. No, at this point. They there's believed no, her. Now, now, they did say that it was odd that it had been 31 days 31 since that had days. happened. You know, can you imagine being an officer there and being like, yes, my daughter's missing. Okay. When was the last time <laughs> that you had her? You know, expecting this morning. Maybe at the most last night. I don't know. Yeah, right? not for a two-year. I mean, for me, my two-year. No, old not even last night. Right? right? It would have been. Oh well, I dropped her off at nine o'clock. It's seven o'clock right now. I was supposed to pick her up at six, and now I'm here. You know, like yes, whatever. So let me ask you this because this wasn't clear to me either. Obviously, Casey knew when her daughter went missing. Yeah. When did Cindy know that Kaylee was missing? Do we know? Like. I believe that Cindy found out that day. Okay. And that's why she was frantic. She did not know during those 31 days, you don't think? You know, no, no, that never, that was never said, like even back then, right? I never heard that. But it makes me wonder now if the initial phone call was legitimately for that car, okay? And maybe during this, because clearly they had been fighting and yelling at each other, right? Maybe during this, before the officers got there, you know, I have to assume Cindy must have been like, where's Kaylee? You know? Yes. And I think that that's why, because 
as frantic as she was in both phone calls to the police, the one where she said, you know, it smells like a dead pot, dead body. And this one where, you know, arrest my daughter. There's no way that she wouldn't have frantically called if she knew that Kaylee was missing. But, okay. Because at the beginning of this, she doesn't side with Casey. Okay, she's not. No, that's be- very she, true. Right? Very at the true. beginning of the whole thing, she is reacting with emotion, like emotionally. She, there's no. But here's like, my next question. Uh-huh. Didn't they all live together? Well, but remember, Casey and her parents got into a fight on June 15th. She left and was living with the boyfriend okay. for that month. Okay. So for an entire right. month, I she gotcha. wasn't living there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the officers and Casey head over to the apartment complex where she claims that the nanny lives and where she dropped off Kaylee that morning, or I'm sorry, the morning 31 days ago. Um, (laughs) and she point, the officers are like, she points at an apartment and says, it's that one. Right. And there's obviously exactly as she said, well, there's nothing there. Right. I just, I don't understand this. I mean, okay. I've said before in recording a different podcast that I could never pull off committing a crime, right? Because I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't have the foresight to think through all the lies I would have to tell. But I have to feel like I would be smart enough that if I was going to say I took my kid to someone's house, that I would actually there would actually be someone living at that house. Yeah, a real house, right? So a, a real person who lived there. Like I don't know anything, right? But. So, but at this point, the officers, although they are shocked because it's been 31 days, they don't, they're not thinking it's Casey. Casey has anything to do with this at this point, right? At this point, it's it's where is Zenaida Gonzalez? She has the baby or she has answers. Yes. Right. And so after that, you know, I am assuming they take Casey back. I don't know, whatever. The next step was to find out where Zaneda is, right? So that yes. is their lead. Um, they go to the apartment complex during business hours, speak to the manager, do all of it. Turns out no one named Zaneda Gonzalez has been there. They look at security camera footage and Casey has never does doesn't ever show up in any of, you know, the footage. Right. There is no nanny there. There's and no there never has there. been a nanny there. No. And at this point though, they still don't know if the nanny is real or not, right? At this point, it's still like, okay, Zaneda Gonzalez is probably at still this point, out there. though, they're getting a little sus. Oh, yeah. Right. They're because getting- you don't tell the police, your, your two year old's been missing for 31 days and you're telling us you dropped her off here with this woman. And, and now she doesn't we even find exist here. There's no such thing as this woman. She's here. never lived here. Yeah. Right. No one by that name has lived here. So- and you've never been here on the security footage. No, <laughs> no baby, no you, no nanny, nothing. Right. And I'm so just what- going to stop right here. This should be enough to convict this woman of something. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, serious neglect. Right. Right. And the child so- is two. Yeah. It's not I mean- like it's a 17 year old runaway. Right. Which would be bad enough. Which, right. Which would still have you. Way more concerned than she ever was. Than she ever was about her two-year-old. Right. So after they discover, right, that Zaneda Gonzalez is not a person that has ever lived in that apartment complex, they decide to go to Universal Studios and speak to management, you know, about Casey. Because that's where she said she worked. Casey worked. she's an event 
the coordinator at Universal Studios, right? Of course she is. <laughs> right. Long story short, no, Casey hasn't worked there in over two years. Okay. Oh all right. So then now I think this is where the officers are like, all right. Yeah. Like there's, there, there's something more going on here. Right. And um, I feel like I'm talking a lot, Jody. if you want. Well, to this is in. your story. I mean, I feel like you were so into this. You know, it I was. was your, it, it, this is your wheelhouse more than mine. I was. So, all right. So they, they call Casey in. So now we know, know Zanata Gonzalez. You haven't worked at Universal Studios in over two years. Maybe you didn't take your child years. to this apartment complex right. and leave her with anyone. No proof of anything, any of this ever happened. Everything right? you're saying is complete and total bullshit. Right. But instead of just bringing it up, they take her to Universal Studios. So oh, that, that, they that can was speak. funny. Yeah. So that they can speak together with her, with management, right? And the officers, like it was the weirdest thing, you know, like we show up and she is trying to convince security that she works there. And security is like, I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't have anybody by that name here. And she's like, yes, I do work here. Then she gives the management names and he's like, yeah, those people don't work here either. Oh, how, how did she think she was going to get away? Well, I guess she did get away with it. Yes, I mean, not to ruin the, I feel like people, I feel like a lot of people, oh. know, right? So, but she had claimed that she had told two of her coworkers about Kaylee being gone. And so this is why it was important to talk to the employees at Universal Studios, not just because they were. Yeah, right. right. Mm -hmm. And so she anyway, she gives security management names. Nope, they don't work here either. Finally, current management comes out. And I'm not entirely sure how she or they convince him to let her back there. It makes it there. sound like the police and the universal security like, kind of had a wink, wink, nod, right. nod, let us, please let, let us her, in. let uh -huh. her hang herself type of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause they're like, we're walking through and even says she's saying hi to people and waving at people. Like she knows them and everyone's like, who the hell is this? You know, <laughs> like, What a psychopath. Right. So, and then she takes the wrong turn and ends up in the hallway with a dead end. And this is where she just turns around and says, Oh, I don't work here. No shit. Sonia, I, I can't when. Yeah. yeah. So, so at this point they take her back to headquarters or the police station, yeah, whatever that may be, mm -hmm, to be questioned. And, and he, the detective says, okay, we know that you've lied about everything you've told us. And everything. she says, and she says, well, not everything. <laughs> okay. Only the important things that matter. Have you lied about? Like, I can't. And I want to just point out that this really speaks to how not concerned she was about her child being missing. Like so, literally no, never nothing. once was she crying or freaking out. Like if the police thought I had done, let's say, oh God forbid, gosh, one of my children goes that? missing. And I hadn't, it, it kind of makes me think of the John JonBenet Ramsey case, right? right? Where something horrible happens to your child right. and you're not involved, but the police are focused on you. Right. I would be going insane. I would be screaming and losing my mind. I would probably have to have a lawyer like put All duct tape over well, my mouth I to mean, get me to shut only, up. Not only do you know they're focused on the wrong person, and we all know we hear it over and over, the first 48 hours are the most important. Right. 
but right. find my kid. Yeah. Every hour you're spending on me is you're an wasting. hour. Yes. Go They're find getting my further kid. away, right? It's getting more difficult to find them. And never and alive. for one minute did she express any concern or freak out or whatever about where her child was. Right. And the detective says, we started to believe that maybe because they noticed that, that she hadn't shed one tear, that maybe she was just trying to hide Kate Kaylee from Cindy and George. Okay. Like, so they ask her, look, you can tell us, you know, like just, we just need to know, you know, we need to know where where is she? We're trying to find her. Is this a case? Are you just, are you done? Do you not want her to have a relationship with your parents? You know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, you know, like she adamantly denies that. Still not thinking this child is dead. No, no. I mean, well, and I guess, you know, that's hope, right? At the, I mean, because, and it's, it, 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 it's really sad because it's truly like, I can't imagine being um, a detective on this case when you know that the first 48 hours are crucial and this baby's mis- been missing for 31 days. Yes. Like, I feel like they had to have gone in with like zero hope of finding her alive. But I also feel like as much as they're talking to Casey, trying to find out if Kaylee is still alive, they've also had the 911 call about the dead body smell in the car. Mm -hmm. And they had cadaver dogs out at the car that alerted them that there had been a body. But this was later on. This was after they interviewed? Yeah. So prior to this interview, the only thing they had done was look into the nanny and her work. And this is when they bring her in. And yeah. So they would have also had had the 911 call about the dead body in the car. I imagine that at this point, they haven't maybe heard about that particular, I mean, cause it's Cindy calling, right? Like, right. so it's not like it came up, whatever I, I imagine. Right. Because at this point they have not taken the cadaver dogs yet. Okay. And, um, but they do arrest her on charges of neglect. Right. And they set, um, a $500,000 bond and, um, she obviously, you know, gets arrested and she, um, during this time, you know, we see some audio recordings and stuff of, you know, and video of her speaking to her parents. And, you know, she's the Cindy's not even, I don't feel like Cindy's aggressive at any point during those conversations. No. And Casey, it's like there, I think one of the, um, one of the reporters or somebody that gets interviewed in the documentary says something like, she was a ticking time bomb and her parents were handling her with, Kid gloves. Kid gloves. Yeah. And yeah. and you can see it, right? And one of the um one of the conversations was like how do you not lose your shit, okay? When Cindy says something like people are saying Kaylee is dead and she goes, "Surprise, surprise." Right. So, what? okay, here's what I was going to I was going to bring this up because I know you're really close with your parents. I'm really close with my mom. Uh-huh. I truly cannot imagine if I were in this circumstance, right? Which is is so hard to even comprehend. But my mom would be frantic about where one of my boys is. My mom would be losing her mind. My mom would not be, you know, 
stroking my hair and patting my back and treating me with kid gloves, right? Now, she might not assume I did it right away, but it, it didn't seem like the parents were really freaking out either. Cindy freaked out at first. I feel like the evolution of Cindy's emotions show exactly where she was at, okay? Like, at first, it was complete freak out, like, it's, nor- you know, normal freak out, Yes, right? baby's but missing, then, car right. smells like dead body, right. what the fuck? I do feel like Cindy thought that Kaylee knew, I'm sorry, that Casey knew where Kaylee was. And when she's in jail, the purpose of handling her with kid gloves was in hopes of finding Kaylee. She'll tell me something. If I piss her off, she's going to shut down. And you hear it in a couple of phone calls. I'm done, mom. I don't want to talk to you. Oh, yeah. Let me talk to my boyfriend. Yeah. Give me me my boyfriend's number. And then she, you know, so I feel like. Casey was in control and so that she wouldn't boot the mom during the, this part, you know, of during this time frame. I think that that's why they were so gentle, right? So I can't piss her off because the moment I piss her off, she's going to tell us to go the hell away and leave her alone. Right. That makes right? sense. Right. And, but, and if you, and during that same time frame where she's talking to the mom, she also talks to a friend that's there with the mom or something. And that friend says something like, they're saying you haven't even cried. You haven't done anything. She's like, hell, wh- why does everyone think that I need to be crying? Blah, blah. I don't have time to cry. I have to be composed to talk to the detectives. That's yeah. what's in your mind? Yeah. I, I just, mm-hmm. I know. I, I'm listening to all of this and I'm thinking there, there's there's no way. Like, I, I know different people handle stress in different ways. But speaking of handling stress in different ways, let's talk about it comes out um, a little bit later in the documentary. But let's talk about what they find out Casey is doing in the 30 days that Kaylee is missing. Oh, yeah. She's parting it up. I mean, there are pictures of her wet T-shirt contest. She gets a tattoo. I'm going to misquote it. Is it? It's Bella Vida, you know, the beautiful life. She gets a tattoo while her two-year-old is missing that says, The Beautiful Life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I would have to, I think I would be hospitalized from stress if my two-year-old was missing for more than 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, the first day. Yes. Right. I mean, they would have to put me on so much anxiety medication and like people would have to force feed me so I would not starve to death, right? There would, I can't even comprehend how I would live through 24 hours. And she's out living it up, drinking, partying, hanging out with her boyfriend, getting her body tattooed. And her two-year-old is missing. She's been missing. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Let's be honest. The two-year-old wasn't missing. She knew exactly where the two-year-old was. was. And that's why she wasn't freaking out. But okay. That on a on a different note, that to me just speaks to the level of psychotic yep. that she is because, okay, no one knows what actually happened to the toddler, right? No. no one knows how she died, whether that was an accident, whether that was on purpose. And I do ultimately think that was the downfall of the prosecution's case. They could not say whatever happened to right. Kaylee. But obviously, Casey knew. And obviously, Casey's the one who disposed of the body. Mm -hmm. Let's just say it was a horrible accident and she freaked out 
And that's what she did. I still don't know how she could be out partying and drinking and getting a tattoo about how amazing her Jody, life is. I like, hit I hit a bunny with my truck <laughs> and I drove the opposite direction so I wouldn't have to look at it or think about it. Like, I mean, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. Exactly. This woman is an absolute psychopath. Yep. Yeah, she is. I mean, and so all of that happens. And, you know, we get to the trial, right, where we do find out that they've had cadaver dogs, you know, at the car and um, the cadaver dogs have, you know, marked, you know, stopped at, you know, a point where they're trained to look for a specific scent where they found the scent. And um, it is sent off to a, um, I don't, I don't remember what his title is, but he's a a forensic expert and he's doing new science is let's call it that. Right. So basically what they do is they take a piece of the carpet from the uh, trunk of the car, they stick it in this little tube and it releases, you know, gases or whatever. And then they extract that gas and that's what they test, you know, for, um, for chemicals that occur during decomposition. Right. And, um, um, chloroform is a chemical that does appear during decomposition. But one of the things that this expert said was that chloroform was in super high, like there was super high levels of it. The concentration of it would not have been explained by just normal. By just decomposition. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there's that, right? And, and I say new science because ultimately, like, apparently that's why this scientist is kind of discredited. Oh, it's new. It's not trusted science. Like, how are you going to get that from that? Right. Right. I, which I'd like to know now. Like, is it something they oh, use Oh, that, yeah. That's a good question. Because right. this I trial mean, was 2011. So that's been right. quite a while I mean, now. We still have 10, you know, a little yeah. bit over 10 years, right? So, but, so the prosecution comes in, you know, they, their case is that, Casey didn't want to be tied down anymore. I mean, she was having a well, blast. Hold on, let's back up. Oh, yeah. Before the trial, they do find the body. Oh, yes. Before the trial, they do find the body. Some mm-hmm. trucker or somebody, I don't remember, it is not a utility who, worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was kind of going into the woods to use the bathroom and yeah. literally stumbled upon upon the upon Kaylee's the body. remains. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and when uh, they found her in the woods, she was wrapped in a blanket that came from her house. She was wrapped in a Winnie the Pooh blanket that matched the rest of her nursery set in her bedroom yes. and was put in a uh, laundry bag, like ca- laundry canvas bag that, that had matched. the matching bag cuz they came in pairs at their house. Yes, and she had duct tape over her mouth. And you know Right now that we backed up, I just remembered too, there's a phone call from the jail that Casey makes to, and she's talking to her mom and they say, it's almost like something changes right here with Cindy. Okay. Like something yep. clicks. Okay. Casey says, listen to your gut. What does it tell you? Okay. And she gets quiet and she's like that Kaylee is nearby and, and she's not far. That she's not far. And and Casey says, yeah, she's nearby. She's here. She's nearby. Yeah. And uh, after like all, I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah. And turns out they find her basically. A, a mile in, and a half from In their, their backyard. Mm-hmm. A yeah. mile and a half in the only wooded area in their neighborhood. Right. You know, like nearby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And now another thing is they do find duct tape on her skeletal remains. 
Yes. Right. And and now the downside of, you know, the Florida summers and it's so hot and humid and well, and by the time they find the body, it's been five months since she went missing. So there's nothing there but bones at this point. Right. Right. And which one of the um, prosecution, one of the prosecutors says something like, you know, the only purpose of duct tape is murder. Okay, duct tape across the mouth. Right. You right. don't have, if she had accidentally died, there would have been, why did, you, you why don't duct, you tape duct tape somebody's mouth closed after they've accidentally died. Right. And so he was like, I thought that with that, you know, it was kind of, it was sealed. You know, she would be charged with something, right? Something. And, yeah. And, and you and I talked about it yesterday. I understand that first degree murder is hard to prove. And honestly, Especially the prosecution didn't know. Yeah. The prosecution didn't know exactly how she died. Um, or where she died. None of it. Right. Didn't know any of that. So it's like, okay, I can understand. I mean, the purpose of there being requirements to be met is so that people aren't, you know, thrown in jail for first degree yeah, murder. I think all. I would have not been comfortable with her getting the death penalty for this no. because I do think is it possible it could have been an accident that she tried to cover up? I I, I could see where that could right. have possibly happened, right? So I don't want I don't think anybody should be sentenced to death for that. No, but the fact that they did not convict on she didn't get convicted on anything. Anything. I remember. Okay, it was. I remember sitting there and finding out, and I mean, we didn't have like all the notifications back then on our phones, like you know, and. Right. So I just had the news on all day because we were waiting on the verdict, right? And I remember when it came in and she was reading it, like my heart dropped to my stomach when I heard them say not guilty, like of anything. Oh my gosh. And what's crazy is they interview the judge in this documentary, which I feel like it's fairly... uh, atypical for a judge to speak out on a case. I remember that man so well, like his And the judge said, I had to read it twice to make sure. To make sure it was right. I was like. Yeah. That he wasn't not Yeah, that I wasn't seeing things. Yeah. I had to read it twice. And then they interviewed a juror and it really pissed me off because the juror was like, well, you know, we just couldn't sentence her to death because the prosecution couldn't tell us the prosecution didn't connect the dots on what happened and how it happened. And I'm like, you had other options That's other than sentencing you didn't have her to, to death. Sentence her to death, right? There were like five things you could have convicted her yep. of, and you yeah. picked none. None of them. None. It's like it wasn't all or nothing. Exactly. You know, it's and not like she either gets put to death or she gets set or free. There were lots of charges on and there the was table. Manslaughter and manslaughter is what I th- I believe they had said zero to forty four years. I mean, right. like you know, I mean there there were so, there were other options, and that's where that's where it, it's really sad because there is not one part of me that will ever believe that she did not have something to do with it, which would make her guilty of manslaughter. There's, there's, yeah. You know, I mean, like, there, just 31 days, lied about the nanny, lied about working at uh, Universal Studios. I mean, car smells like a dead body. You, the baby was wrapped in a Winnie the Pooh blanket in their canvas laundry bag. And we know the with parents didn't tell her. Yeah. With duct tape right a mile and a half from their house. Like 
Come on. She's partying it up. It's not like she was in a hole somewhere crying and super depressed and couldn't speak to anyone, didn't know what to do. You know, like, I don't know. Exactly. Let's just pretend she had an epic breakdown because she just lost her daughter. Right. Okay. Then I could even see that. Like, she just had a mental breakdown. Right. Like, yep. Okay. But no, she was partying, living it up. Why? Because she knew she no longer had any obligations. Yeah, I just, I, I, I this was a, for sure a shocking one to me. Oh, here's the kicker too. In the trial, right, the defense is, you know, because the defense had to come in and, and tell us, well, why did she lie? Why did she do all, all these things, right? Why did she, why was she out partying it up? Why was she whatever, you know, turns out that um, they dropped this huge bombshell. I remember hearing it and being like, oh my God, you know, like, I really was mind blown hearing that they claimed that George um, sexually abused her like as a, child. He, as a child. He says 13-year-old Kaylee. I mean, I'm sorry, 13-year-old oh, yeah, Casey. It's disgusting. It it's was gross. it sticks in it's my brain. Gross. Yeah. I remember it from live. Okay, like oh. I remember right? That's how disgusting it is. He says 13-year-old Casey could have um had her dad's penis in her mouth and then gone to school and played like it was nothing. But okay, so that's an opening statement. And then the defense proceeds to never bring, never it up bring that up again. There's no evidence of it. There's no witness testimony. There's and, no like. And Jody, with how disgusting it, think about, I still think I can still remember mm. that. How impactful was that sentence right there, right? And I'll tell you this too. Everyone was interested in seeing how George reacted to that, right? And at the mo- at the time, I didn't know this. He says it in the documentary. The DA had called they us. They had been and coached. Told, yeah, they had been told. He's, Jose Baez is going to pin it on you, blame it on you. And you cannot have any reaction. No, nope, because they were being given special privilege to be in the entire trial, even though they were witnesses, because it was their daughter on trial. And so- with those special privileges come rules, right? You have to right. You cannot react. No, I mean, even everyone that's just there to watch, right, is not allowed to show any emotion whatsoever either way. Right. So imagine being and her parents. We've talked about this before, not on the podcast, but just you and I personally. You know, the prosecution, they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. All the defense has to do is try and poke holes in anything. They don't have to prove anything. They can right. say things that are completely false. They can say things without evidence, right? It, it's just, it's mind blowing to me that as a defense attorney, now look, I understand everybody needs a defense. Right. And when your client is Casey Anthony, you don't have much of a defense, right? So you're going to have to make up something really, really outlandish and crazy. Something it's shocking. Just, just the fact that you get an opening statements can be like, yeah, her dad molested her and that's why she did all of these things and just drop that bombshell and have no repercussions for like, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was so bad. I mean, it was a clear, this was not made up. This was not made up by the media. This wasn't made up by anybody. I mean, the judge came in and told him for closing arguments, he couldn't say anything about that because he didn't prove that that's what happened. Right. He didn't even mention it one more The time. problem is once it's said in front of a jury, it's not, it's it can't done. be unsaid. Right. It's done. Like, and that was, yeah, that was, it was a super shocking, like, oh my gosh, did he just, did he 
what? You know, like that's her defense for killing her child. Right. Right. Well, oh, but then the defense also comes in and claims that um, someone had left the ladder in the pool and um, Kaylee let herself out, got in the pool and drowned. And she drowned and George came out and found her. And instead of calling 911, he started screaming at Casey, look at what you've done. Your mother's going to be like, your mother is going to be so upset. You're going to go to jail for neglect, all this stuff. And it's like, okay. That just doesn't sound like normal reactions, like no. to a child drowning. You see a child floating in a pool. You're screaming. You, you're going to call nine one one before you do anything. Yeah. yeah, anything. I mean, so yeah. So then, apparently, Casey begs him to help her. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. I just rolled my eyes. FYI, I'm like, but I don't know. By yeah. taking, by wrapping her. In a blanket and a canvas bag, duct, duct taping, taping her, her mouth. mouth, right? The child is dead, but you need to duct tape her mouth mm-hmm. and uh, dragging her into the woods and leaving her there yeah, indefinitely. No. Doesn't make any damn sense. And I mean, honestly, what obviously we know now, you know, she was found not guilty of anything. Um, I think the the prosecution claimed that she gave her something that knocked her out duct taped her mouth so that she would die humanely right is what you know that was their their theory um i think that now the duct tape is the one that's hard to explain right because in my mind it's like yeah it could have totally been an accident that she took advantage of like so george mentions that Kaylee was coming over and had dark circles under her eyes and she would sleep for 13 hours like and she's what what two-year-old Sleeps for 13 hours. Yeah, she was sleeping excessively. Right. So he believes, and I'm like, well, this sounds, you know, plausible, right? That Casey gave Kaylee something, Xanax, because turns out that slang street word for Xanax is Zanny. Zanny. Zanny the nanny. Zanny the nanny. Uh huh. Um, And Casey just never, Kaylee just never woke up. You know, he feels Which like I can that's even what see. Happened. I can even see that. Okay, yeah. I can see. But how do you explain the duct tape? Why are you duct taping a child? And mouth? how do you not? I mean, here's here's the reality. Whether you call police or not during that type of accident, she would have still been, you know, free. Yeah. It was yeah. an accident, right? Yeah. That's where it's like, okay, high levels of chloroform, duct tape on the mouth. It's just, yeah. I, I right. we'll, we'll never know what happened. We'll never know what happened. And there was no justice for this baby. Nope. No. Nope. I mean. And what's crazy to me is, I, I, so I thought it was interesting because they did interview Cindy and George. George is like, I have no relationship with my daughter. I will she never speak to her. She died the day Kaylee died. I will never speak to her ever again. But Cindy, who ended up protecting her yeah. and covering her ass during Ended the trial. Ended up saying, no, it didn't smell like a dead body. It was probably, it was the pizza in the garbage that had been there. I don't know about you, but I've smelled rotten food. Doesn't smell right. like, I, I've never well, smelled like a dead body, but I can't assume it smells like that. And Cindy also claims she was the one who was searching for chloroform on the computer because she yeah. started with chlorophyll and then that led to chloroform. W- while she was could, at work. They could prove she wasn't even home at the yeah. time those things were searched on the computer. Right. Right. She she came in and, and she turned it around. And she it wanted me- to protect her daughter. Yeah. And so what's fascinating to me is that Cindy does still have a relationship 
with Casey. It sounds like it's um an occasional because she, she said it's a right. work in progress. They're right. working on it. But George does not, and Cindy and George, but they're, they're still, still together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that, I think that would be very, very. It sounds hard. You know, well, but she says it. No one else is going to understand what I've been through. Yeah. I mean, I can get that. Yeah. I, can you get know, that. I mean, no, no, no. Thankfully, right? No one yeah. else is going. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I just, I, I feel, I feel for George. I don't think I could stay married to someone who I mean, was still protecting. I, I know. Casey is their daughter, but not only did she murder slash cover up the death of their grandchild, but she also pinned all of it on her dad on George yeah, and accused him of sexual abuse, you know, yeah, abuse that were, I mean, that they have pretty compelling like evidence, you know, of how she talks to her dad and everything that that is not someone right who's speaking to their abuser. Right, exactly. You know, so is there anything else you want to add on this one? No, I mean, I guess the moral of the story is that juries, juries. are unpredictable. I was going to say juries are dumb, so I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, not all of them are dumb. Yeah, <laughs> like, yours is yours is better. Un- they're unpredictable. I mean, they right. really are. We've heard lots of you know attorneys on the documentaries talk about it, right? Like, you can be the best attorney in the world. And but it all jury. depends on who's sitting on your jury. Yeah. So yep. that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash real life is mind blowing, where you can download ad free episodes and get exclusive content. And don't forget to join us next week to see which documentary will blow your mind. <laughs>